Hi, friends, and welcome to True Presence for Catholic Moms. I'm your host, Kelsey Pascarell, and my mission is to help you design your life on purpose with the Lord. Today, we've got a special guest, and he's my absolute favorite person, so I'm excited to introduce you all to him. It's my husband, of course. And believe it or not, this is our first episode together, episode 50. So that's kind of fun. But with all the crazy stuff starting to happen in the news and around the world, he had this idea of sharing with you guys about how one small change he made in his life, switching his focus and his time to his circle of control, really shifted the trajectory of a lot of things in his life and led to a much greater ability to make a meaningful impact. So without further ado, let's dive in. All right, friends, I know it seems a little bit early to be talking about this, but believe it or not, Advent is right around the corner. And I want to ask you something. How do you want your Advent to feel this year? Because I bet for a lot of you, it actually feels like one of the most rushed and hurried and crazy seasons of the year. And what I want my Advent to feel like, I want it to feel pensive and peaceful and reflective. I want it to be time with family spent in prayer and preparing our hearts and our homes for Christmas. The way that we can do that is by getting ahead of it, to not let Advent become the season of all the shopping and the commercialism and the rushing around for all the last minute things. What we're going to try to do and what I'm planning for you guys is to host a three-day challenge where we're going to start our November by getting all of our planning done so that you can get ahead this year. Get your Christmas stuff done. Get in a place to where Advent feels slow, unhurried, and peaceful. If you want to sign up for that, I've got a link in the show notes. The challenge is called Savor Advent. Please sign up. Invite your friends. I can't wait to see you in there. So 2020, what was going on? I mean, I know what was going on in the wide, wide world, and I specifically know what was going on with you, my love. But what, from your perspective, was going on? All right. Well, hopefully nobody's getting flashbacks with you just saying 2020. Yeah. All uh, right. I'm going to put a trigger warning on this one. Yeah. 2020, I mean, it was it was difficult for the the human race. I think for myself as a first responder, there were a lot of different things going on. There were some unique challenges. We were being placed into situations that we were not familiar with. You know, I've worked closely with healthcare providers in the past, but it's typically been like paramedics and firefighters. Things were a little bit different now. Uh, On top of that, we were going through the same thing that everybody else was going through with COVID-19, all of that fun. Then you also had uh, civil unrest going on. And there was, I think to put it mildly, there was a lot of negativity going on at that time. I mean, there was some minor deal happening, right? Like, you know, no big deal, just some presidential election that everyone suddenly hated each other over. I think I repressed all that from my memory. Thank you for lovely reminder. <laughs> yeah, so 2020 was a very stressful time for, for a variety of reasons. I think being a first responder maybe had a different flavor to it. I, I don't see much benefit in comparing one suffering with another's, but let's just say that that was not a great year for me and probably not for anybody, really. Yeah. One person I know put it as it was collectively traumatizing. Yeah, there you go. That's fair to say. There was a lot to process coming out of that. But one of the things that I remember it just striking me as is how 
unbelievable everything seemed to be. There were so many of these circumstances that you would never have thought could happen that did. Yeah, yeah it, it was actually uh, paralyzing at first. I just felt overwhelmed to think everybody was. I was trying to process, you know, one event or one changed to my lifestyle and then another one would come. There was a lot of insecurity. We really didn't even know what sources to trust at times. A lot of misinformation. It, there was just so much so quickly. And, and, you know, some issues were just tough. Other issues were divisive. You saw friendships ending. You saw families starting to get really negative. You know, I, I can go on and on. My job was getting more, more challenging in some ways. So yeah, I'm just, I'm really grateful for the, the help that you gave me during that time, which I think was transformative. Excellent. And without that advice, I, I don't really know what I would have ended up doing that year, but I know I wouldn't have been nearly as prepared. So the end of the year was actually for you quite different from the beginning. Mm -hmm. What changed? So this is basically what happened. Okay. I, I was, I was going through a lot and I, I did what I think a lot of people were doing and it's, it's very natural. I'm not saying it's good. But it's natural. I started getting sucked into social media. I started getting sucked into the news. I was hanging on all the headlines and what the international leaders in various fields were saying. You know, I mean, there was just so much going on and I just, I cared about everything all at once. And it was like, there was just this constant noise in my head and in my heart. And I just didn't really know what to do. And when you get overwhelmed, you start to get kind of paralyzed. And, you know, I was praying about things all over the world and, and there's nothing, I mean, I'm, I don't regret the prayer, but I was spending a lot of my time worrying about things that were happening overseas or, or happening in rooms or in, in spheres that I don't have any personal kind of control or influence over. And uh, I was taking a lot of my time and, and frankly, put, putting my anxiety through the roof. Yeah. I mean, I think that was probably true of most of us. We're just, you know, felt like the rug was pulled out from under us and we're very much checking on everything, trying to figure out, well, what's the next thing that's going to happen? What could possibly happen next? <laughs> and like you said, the world was just kind of in complete chaos. But so we ended up having a, a conversation mm -hmm. and this is actually a concept that I got from Stephen Covey. Mm -hmm. and. He talks about the concept of your circle of control and your circle of influence. But honey, why don't you go ahead and just explain what you learned? Well, well what you explained to me, I, I, you just, I, I don't remember exactly why you did it. it. It was probably a series of conversations, but I was sitting one night at the dining room table, just kind of staring off into space or maybe staring at my phone, maybe both. <laughs> and uh, you walked up and you were just like, honey, you know, can I have a minute of your time? I was like, yep. And you put a piece of paper down and you drew a big circle on the paper and you pointed at it. You said, this circle represents everything that you care about in the world. Everything, you know, stuff overseas, stuff in your backyard, our family, your work, everything, you know, everything. And then you, you used your pen right in the center of the circle. You put a little dot and you pointed to it. You basically were like, look. This is what you can actually influence. This is what you can control, which is basically you know, your household, maybe some of your coworkers or, co uh, or colleagues, maybe some of the people that you serve in your job. And uh, the more time you spend with, within that circle, the more your influence is actually going to spread. You'll, you're, and you made the circle, the, the dot into like a small circle. You said, however, the more time you spend in that large circle, spending time and, and worrying about things you can't control, 
the smaller and smaller this sphere of influence is going to become for you. And so spend your time with the relationships that you have. Spend your time with where God has called you and, and, and invest your time and, and your worries and your care in that circle. And I, I just, I mean, it instantly, it just clicked. It absolutely seemed to be very wise advice. It helped that it came from you. And so I started to sort of think about that. And well, it led to some pretty drastic changes. What I basically did was I recognized that at that time, you know, there, there weren't a whole lot of things that I could do, but I had my coworkers. I did have interactions with the public. They were just a lot more limited and, you know, maybe we couldn't necessarily do everything we wanted to do, but there were a lot of opportunities to just take a minute and be present with people, just to be with them and to treat them the way that Christ would treat them, which is to give them your full undivided attention and to look for ways to leave them better than how you found them. And as a first responder, sometimes it's very obvious you know, how you can do that. And, and, and other times you might miss opportunities because you allow yourself to get carried away. So I just kind of doubled down on looking for those opportunities. And you know, I remember one of the things I did was I just started looking for, for people that looked like they wanted to have a conversation. Not everybody wants to have a conversation, but some people did. And I would just stop and I would just very politely ask them how they were doing, what they were up to. And everybody was just kind of starving, I think, for human interaction at that time. And so a lot of these interactions had really nothing to do with, you know, my job so much as just human to human conversation with coworkers, the same thing. There, there was a lot of stress. And I remember at least once going to a coworker and just apologizing for basically losing my temper with them because I was really stressed out and they were really stressed out. We disagreed on something very important, but I went back and apologized because you know what? People deserve that. So th those are just some of the little things I was doing. I also did some kind of drastic stuff. I uh, deleted my Facebook profile and I really just kind of reduced all my social media to almost nothing, which also helped a lot with my anxiety. And again, it allowed me to start focusing more on family life, spending time with the kids, spending time with you, and keeping my energy, you know, it, it's one thing to be present. It's another thing to bring your best self. And when you're constantly, you know, worried about things overseas and spending time on, you know, endless debates on social media, you're, you're not in a good, peaceful place to love on your family. Totally. It's a huge energy zapper. And I think it just kind of elevates like that sense of conflict that, well, what do you call it? Like that fight or flight response in us when we're mm -hmm. like in such a tense argumentative environment online it makes us start to feel like that's the real world it, it sort of oozes into every aspect of our life yeah you feel like you're accomplishing something but ironically again your sphere of influence is actually diminishing because you're spending time speaking to people that are not necessarily in your daily life and often you're just one voice thousands. And right. you know what? Everyone's voice is important. However, we're not called to uh, yell at everybody across the ocean and, and in, across state lines, but we are called to love the people in our lives that God has placed there. Right. It's so true. And I think there's this difference between like really in our lives when we're trying to have influence with people or if we, you know, even want to be a level of influence in their lives, it has to start with that relationship and the ratio of the kinds of interactions that we have with people is the core of that kind of influence that we have too. So when we're having these debates online, 
and that's the majority of our interactions with certain people, why would they even listen? And who knows, you know, why should we even be involved in that? Do we know them? Do we know where they're coming from? Do we know their perspective and their history? Not necessarily. But our kids, on the other hand, like you were saying, it gave us more time to spend with them. That's such a rich soil for building a deep and beautiful relationship. And I love to, I remember reading this quote by Mother Teresa. She said, never worry about numbers. Help one person at a time and always start with the person nearest you. I really feel like this just is the heart of this concept. When we're just starting with that person nearest, you know, our Lord, he tells us to love our neighbor. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's as abstract as it seems. I think it really might just be that he meant for us to love that person who's right there. And it doesn't mean that we don't care about what's going on in the world. It doesn't mean that we live in a cave or anything like that. But I think we have to pay close attention to the ratio. And not just the ratio, the timing in our lives of when we're putting our attention into different things. Are we putting the most of our time and our energy and the best of our time and energy into the things that matter the most and the areas where we have the most influence? Yeah, no, I mean, very well put. And what happened at work, too? Like, some pretty crazy things happened in terms of your growth and influence that year, too. Yeah, yes. So. I really do credit this conversation that we had with this outcome. Uh, that year, I, I received a, a reward at the end of that year, the equivalent being employee of the year, basically for my you know roughly 50-person entity that I worked for. And that helped catapult me a few months after that. I got promoted to a supervisory position, and I was put in charge uh, of a team of first responders. And... It's just really cool. I mean, I I will, you know, hasten to add that had those things not happened, I would not have regretted anything that I changed at work. It's not like, you know, that that was the point, but it was affirmation that what I was doing was making an impact and that it was, you know, it, it was bringing about positive change and did increase my sphere of influence. You know, people pay attention to who gets an award. They pay attention to the behavior that leads to promotion. and so. You know, hopefully some of the intentionality that I was bringing to the job is at least part of the reason why I, I receive these things. But the important thing is that, especially the supervisory position, that provided an opportunity for instead of, you know, there being one person, me doing my thing, now I have a team where I started giving this philosophy. And, you know, to be very clear, I had great teammates. It's it's not like I was some guru that you know, created some new phenomenon, but it just, it provided that momentum and it provided that affirmation to be intentional, to form those relationships, to look for those opportunities to make a difference when you, when you're interacting with the public and with your coworkers, at least that's what I hope has been the outcome. But I credit all that to the idea of investing in what's right in front of you. I'll mention another thing that came out of that conversation, which was that I was kind of dividing my time between two ministries with the little meager, tiny bit of time that I had. And there was basically this campus ministry that I was helping with. And then there was also my parish and both had needs. Both were welcoming my support, but praying and and really thinking about it, I realized I was kind of selling them both short. I really wasn't able to provide either my parish or this ministry with like my full, (laughs) very limited 
amount of time and attention that I could afford to provide them. And so I ultimately decided just to stick to my parish because that's where my children are. And so just looking again at, at who am I called to invest my time primarily, right? I started doing that. So fast forward, other folks in that campus ministry stepped up and frankly, I think did a better job than I ever could have done. So no loss there for them, but I ended up on the uh, pastoral council at, at my parish. And again, I think it's because I spent time with the people that I was called to spend time with. And there's just been a lot of fruit there. Now, again, I, I do want to hasten to add that I think this is important. If these, you know, check boxes hadn't happened, I would not regret what I did. That's not the point. The point is simply that my life became more meaningful, my anxiety was reduced, and I wasn't wasting my time worrying about and fretting about things that I have no control over at all. But yeah, I just think, you know, for, for right now, like, like looking around the world, I mean, you and I were talking about this today. You know, there, there's a lot of headlines right now that are grabbing attention oh and, boy, and, yes, and for are. good reason. I mean, the, the, there are very concerning things happening. However, I truly believe that, well, it's important to, to be knowledgeable about things occurring and we should pray for those things. Don't, we should not allow that to become the dominant concern in our lives, the, the, the cause for anxiety or distraction that might prevent us from bringing our best selves into those relationships that we are definitely called to influence our children, our spouses, our family, our friends, our neighbors, our coworkers. These are the people that we are definitely called to be present with. And we, if we don't lose sight of that, if, if we're able to invest in those relationships, we will never regret it. And we're also never going to know this side of eternity, how much God was able to love other people through us, but also we learn from other people that way. This is how we listen to other people. This is how other people can bless us too. So it's it's good for everybody. Right. Yep. Every decision we make is a trade-off. It's not about, you know, that this is a good thing and this is a bad thing, right? It's not a bad thing to care about what's going on in the world and to pray mm -hmm. for people. But we're always looking at the trade-off between the good things and we're saying, okay, what's the opportunity cost of me doing this good thing? might be this better thing. And maybe, you know, pouring that love into my children, taking some time to just really be present with them, read them some stories, do a family rosary, might be the way that I'm really called to change the world. Yeah. yeah. And, and ultimately, you know, to a degree, any sense of influence, control, you know, it's really difficult to know how much of that even exists and how much of that is in our minds, you know, what we do know is that God is, in fact, in control, that nothing occurs apart from his will. And, you know, what we're really trying to do is we're trying to cooperate with his will. And you know, the, I, I think our faith is, is beautiful because, you know, it's more intellectual than I can be. It's, it's higher than I, can, than I can go. At the same time, it's incredibly simple. And I think that God makes it really simple for us. You know, what, where should I spend my time? Who am I called to love? I don't think it's that tricky, but, but sometimes, you know, our culture and, and our habits can kind of muddy the waters a little bit. It sure can. Now, you mind if I ask you a hard question before we wrap up? Yeah. All right. Recently, you had a pretty serious spinal injury that mm -hmm. in many ways limited the kinds of things you could do. It, it kind of seemed like a circumstance that shrunk your circle again. Yeah, a little bit. It did. How did you apply this lens to that situation? So 
I'm going to be constructive for the sake of time. I'm not going to talk about all the things I didn't do right and all the things I did wrong in, in those grace filled moments <laughs> when I just accepted where I am right now. I just said, okay, I'm, st- I'm basically stuck in bed. I basically can't really do much of anything right now. So you know what I can do? I, I can read with the kids. I can cuddle my, my, you know, little kid who's going through a hard time because maybe they just, you know, stubbed their toe or, you know, got in a fight with their sibling. I can pray. My prayer life is not where it should be. However, it has improved this year. And there's been a lot of opportunities, you know, you, you kind of, when you get still, sometimes you're able to better hear where other people are. And so there's been a lot of needs, a lot of prayer requests that have come up. I've been able to pray for, I've tried to be consistent, tried to do it daily, have not done so, but I'm trying. But yeah, prayer life's improved. Time with my kids has improved in terms of reading books and, and praying together. I've seen some really encouraging things, and I, I, I'm hoping that as, I'm, as it appears I'm starting to come out of that season, I'm hoping that those habits, that, that, that virtue remains. But, but believe me, there's also a lot of, lot of revealing lessons about, you know, what, what do you do when you suddenly have a lot more free time? And I got to be careful because the social media, the, the online world definitely has taken too much of my time. So I don't want people to think I'm, I'm a saint here, but it's, there's been some cool opportunities to do that. And my kids have appreciated my, my son. Well, one of my sons actually a couple of days ago said, dad, there's one good thing that came out of your back injury. So what's that? And he said, I'm getting to spend a lot more time with you. And that, that, that's pretty cool. That, yeah, that, that's pretty cool. Love it. Yep. For the gifts and the trials helps. Yeah. And again, on my good days. <laughs> well, thanks so much, sweetie, for joining us today. I hope everyone enjoyed this. this is our first episode together. So y'all. Some people hope know. it's the last. <laughs> so let me know in the reviews if you want to hear more. All right, friends, if you like this episode, one of the ways that we can get more awesome guests on this show is if you leave a review. So scroll to the bottom of this episode where the reviews are and hit those stars and then write me a little message about what your favorite episode was. I promise to read every single review and keep trying to get you the guests and information that helps you through this mission of motherhood. (laughs) 